Hey, this is Kelly from the Dolly Rocks, and you're listening to Rock Strikes 10. Oh, yeah! Welcome to Rock Strikes 10! This is not rock control, it's pop control. <laughs> we should play that for the Dolly Rocks song. <laughs> Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com, or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes, and never missing one single episode. Thank you especially everybody who does that. Uh, it's been uh, like a season of guests for a, a lot of these episodes, and I'm totally cool with that. One that we haven't had on the show in quite a bit. Pretty much a year, to be exact, on that. It's a long time coming, for sure. Uh, so my better half, Nola, is here to join me on most of these next two episodes. Nola? Hey, guys. I know it's been a while. Uh, it has been a super weird year for us uh, in the household. We had some health and surgery stuff going on, but everything's cool. Um, trips. Trips. <laughs> Rock and Pod Expo 2. Actual trips. Vacation. WrestleMania. Yep. Cruises. Yep. The works. Oh, so living the lavish life. Yes. Oh. oh. So. Dual income, no kids. Oh, it yes. is a tough life. We are professional dinks for sure. So. <laughs> You're a dink. I'm a doink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Bad wrestling reference. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> doink is fine. Dink is terrible. Okay. So, hey, I, I just realized we... Aww. Oh. All right. So, for those of you that may be new to the show, if you're not an old friend of the show, if you are, you know what Nola's here for. Generally, when we have her on now, we are doing a recap of the concerts that we go to. And that's pretty much what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the shows we saw within a proper memory bank. This is why we're going to do it in a new way from now on, because <laughs> we're going off like the last 12 months legit uh, as Ooh, far as our memory it's, goes it's like 18 months oh yeah it's so yeah it's gonna be a little hazy i'm gonna i'm pretty good about remembering at least recent shows and oldest shows that's You're kind of really good at remembering all of the neat little details of everything and i'm like did we see that person <laughs> yeah so we, we'll when fill, was that yeah we'll fill in each other's blanks uh you generally remember, like, if somebody aggravated you or not. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember the crowd. <laughs> yes. Most crowds are terrible. Okay. So, in the instance where it's multiple band bills, we're going to play a block of songs. We're uh, always going to play songs that we actually heard that night. If it's a song you've heard a billion times, then don't fret. We're going to play you a live version that you haven't heard a billion times. Super cool live versions. Yes, super cool. Thank you. Yes. So, we're just going to go ahead and cut to the crash here and start off with a show that we attended a long, 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 long time ago at American Airlines. I don't have dates in front of me, but that's fine. We saw a basically a co-headline set at the American Airlines in Dallas by Tears for Fears, and closing out the show was Daryl Hall and John Oates, proper. See, they don't like when you say Hall and Oates, but... Daryl well, Hall. Well, that's we all do. They it. have stupid first names. <laughs> Daryl and John. Yeah. Yes. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, I think it's because they, you kind of lump them in with Simon and Garfunkel if you do it that way. So I totally get it. Loggins and Messina. Daryl Hall. Y and T. 
Yes, Sunny Pooney just turned off the show. Um, That's lo- fun. Love it. No, love no, it. We, we, we love it. <laughs> it's all in fun. Yeah, so this was the first time for both of us, as old as I am, first time seeing Tears for Fears, uh, second time seeing Hollow Notes together, so yes. both times I've seen them were with Nola. Uh, my initial reaction, I think a lot of people, even uh, like the Synaptic Empire Radio's Randy Brown, we all pretty much had the universal reaction to this show versus the previous Hollow Note show from the previous year, which was... Huh, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, but the first one that was okay. at the outdoor place in Starplex. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah that, that is the reaction, yeah. because, because the first one was like, wow, that was awesome. Yeah. And this one was like, okay, because... Okay, cool, yeah. They... I'll deal with both of these bands, that's fine. Yeah. Better than Train. Yeah, that's why we didn't go this year. So There's a lot of reasons we didn't do- go this year. Dodged a massive bullet. Well, yeah, still. A uh, bullet money- train? Oh, I'm, I will oh, just see oh, myself out oh. early. I am so sorry. Oh, that's all right. Jokes are welcome, especially bad ones. You're not on Rock Strikes in if you're not dealing in that kind of humor. So what happened with this one, uh, the general consensus seems to be, and, and not that they don't have a good fan base, but Tears or Fears got the critical acclaim that night from fans and critics and otherwise. Uh, for me, I enjoyed their set quite a bit. They they don't really run around or do anything, but then again, neither does Daryl Hall and John Oates, to be fair. But, uh, you know, obviously I like Hall and Oates more than I do Tears for Fears song for song. But Tears for Fears were very, very good. So I didn't have a problem with their set. Uh, as a slightly younger person in the crowd, most of my knowledge of Tears for Fears pretty much comes from the tv show psych nice but you know all of their big songs i'm a fan of so i just went into it you know like okay i'm gonna know three songs and i'm gonna be able to go to the bathroom and get snacks and see john and daryl <laughs> <laughs> i have to With that, without a full bladder <laughs> With, without a full bladder so i can enjoy it but i enjoyed more tears for fear songs than i thought i would yeah, me too, actually. And I and, even the ones I knew. Yeah, and it was, you know, it seemed more intimate than it actually was. Mm-hmm. They sounded really good. Hollow Notes also sounded great. They were a little jammy for my taste. That was the thing I was going to get to, was that Hollow Notes, they really only jammed and fleshed out one song in the whole set at the Starplex show at the Shed the previous year. But this one, I think that they got a little too big for their britches, it's one of those things where they extended pretty much almost every song to the point where everybody was I like... I could have had three more songs. Exactly. Instead. Exactly. And that, so, so I felt a little robbed at that, and that's why I think I enjoyed the Tears for Fear set a little bit more. It was tighter, for sure. It was way tighter. O- overall, really, really good. I'm glad I went. I had a really good time. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no major no co- complaints. Yeah. <laughs> One small complaint. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm going to do here, whether you're a new friend of the show or a day one friend of the show, uh, you probably won't be surprised that we're playing these bands here, but I'm going to do a little twist on it. And when we talk about bands on the same show, we're going to go ahead and just do blocks. Just do like, a double shot. Yeah. Doing a double shot on a two for Tuesday. Yeah. Because we're recording on... Because it's actually Tuesday. Yeah. I already had my tacos and everything. Oh, so now we're not going to have tacos for dinner. Uh, well, I mean, hey, that's that could be an option, actually. It is so. Texas. It is tacos for every meal. Yes. So, I'm going to do these block of songs here. We're going to start off with Tears for Fears, finish up with the Hollow Notes, Daryl Hall and John Notes proper. 
But I think I'm going to do, it's, it's like a dark block. These acts are mostly known for being like pop bands, pop rock, 80s bands, what have you. I mean, yeah. All in Synth there. rock. Sure, sure. Things like that. Uh, so, uh, not the, Tears of Fears early output was actually pretty dark and gothy. It leaned goth. It wasn't full on goth. It was emo. There you go. Yeah, it was early emo. It definitely it, had an influence. It was the stepfather of emo because <laughs> emo kids don't have real dads. Their dads exactly. left. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're going to play non-obvious, slightly dark songs by both these bands. So kicking off our block, Tears of Fears with Mad World and Hollow Notes with Family Man. Enjoy. No way. 
That was Tears for Fears with Mad World, which a lot of kids know as a cover song used in Donnie Darko. But that's the original version, kids. I was about to ask, what stupid movie was that from? <laughs> yeah. It's not a great movie. It's it's fine. Um, and then we uh, finished off the block there with Daryl Hall and John Oates with Family Man. I believe that's originally from H2O, 1982. I'm going to go with that. Send me mail if I'm wrong. Nice to know people listen. No one writes anymore. Right. And a good warm-up here to our concert talks. The next one here is one... This is the kind of show you brag about. This is the kind of show you're going to be bragging about for the rest of your life. I feel like I can speak for both of us yeah, on that it's, level. it's definitely a bucket list performer, uh, artist, 
I mean, I I think you would go so far as to call this man a musical genius. Yeah, which I mean, is not something you use lightly. Yeah, near genius. Uh, genius esque, at, at the very least. Yeah, it's he's an icon. He's a legend. He's a hall of famer. He's all those things. Still tours. Still puts out records. Matter of fact, as of this recording, he has a number one album in the country. I know that's something that's so much brag about anymore because no one buys albums anymore. But Paul McCartney, we're talking about. If you couldn't figure that one out, and if it, I have had decent chances to see him over the years because he's made a few Texas appearances, he's even played Oklahoma City and Tulsa, which is not it's it's doable to to go see a show out there and make a weekend out of it, or even a day. Uh, if I'd a, have known a day trip is pushing it a day tripper yes a day tripper is pushing it god damn it but but it's doable i would much rather be able to process the show that night and then come home the next day yeah which is what we we did did. in this case at our speakeasy secret town that um i don't think the town's secret but the venue is secret it's secret it's it's enough of a secret i gotta say that i call this our speakeasy and i'm even going to go as far as to if you want to know the actual location we're not telling you where it is yeah i'm I'm just gonna say right now and i i was kind of poking for some attention and some messages you know feedback let me know you're listening if you want to know message me say hey i listened to the show Where's the super cool venue that you saw Paul McCartney at? I will reveal it there. We've probably revealed it on an old episode. Oh, we definitely have. But I'm not going to talk about it now because it's such a... It was so neat. Oh, man. And it's it's one of the... It is... Paul McCartney plays stadiums when he plays shows. Like, for the most part, he plays stadiums or really big basketball arenas. This was basically the equivalent of a minor league hockey arena. So... And, but with tall ceilings, which is also nice, but mm-hmm. it's still so intimate enough. It has an old Coliseum feel to it. It's definitely not a new arena at all. Like, by far, it's not. And this thing was probably built in the 80s, maybe late 70s. I mean, it's it looks like an old building that's had some renovation done to it. That's what I like about this place. There's a place in Fort Worth called the Tarrant County Coliseum. It's a lot like this place, actually. It just It's surrounded by a different environment, so it doesn't feel like the same place, but it's very similar. Anyway. Perhaps. Perhaps. So, but man, going back to the beginning of what I said, I've had a few chances to see Paul McCartney, and I haven't gone. If I'd have known it was going to be this good, I would have... You would have gone to all of them. All of them. I would have never hesitated. This is probably the only time I'll ever get to see him. That being said, I'm, I'm fine with that in the sense of, okay, I've made my bed with McCartney, but this show was so good. I mean, it was like... I mean, the guy probably doesn't have an off night. He's such a pro. He's been doing it since he could drive, you know, <laughs> and uh, my car. But, I mean, I looked up the set list again. Every time I look it up, I still can't believe that I saw this show. I mean, all the songs. I mean, you get as much Beatles as humanly possible. Still getting his rocks off, playing some solo songs. Just a great mix of stuff. But did you have, what were your early impressions of the show? Like... So this is where it gets embarrassing, and I don't, like, remember a lot of the details. But I, you know, I remember having, you know, just a really good time on the trip in general. Yeah, me too. And the people that we sat next to were, like, the cutest couple in the world. Yeah, they were nice. They were so nice, and then they ended up being in the wrong section, and they got over to their seats with their friends, and they figured it out. 
Yeah, they're kind of like early senior citizen age. I mean, they yeah. were they were up there, but super cool. And they nice were people. so nice, so great to talk to. Maybe a mere um, reflection of uh, what's to come. Yeah. Yes, it was us in the future. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I remember it being a really good show and everything sounding really good and being kind of like almost giddy that I was there. Yeah. And then I would look over at you, and you were just having the best time. <laughs> um. I mean, because for me, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I get to see Paul McCartney? Like, that's really cool. But I get to see Paul McCartney with you, oh my God. who is enjoying this more than, you know, anybody in that building, um, was really, really neat. So whenever we go to those shows that I know that you're going to really enjoy, I like remembering you more than oh. the show. Oh so, I mean, that's super sappy and dumb. and. Oh. This is why I don't come on the show a lot. Oh, um, make me blush. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I remember being really just kind of amazed at how good everything was and and just having like one of the best times. Yeah, agreed. So, there you go. Well, I mean, I, I can't top that. I uh, I'll just I'll just. Joey didn't you... look at me once during the during that the set. Is not it, true. He was glued on Paul. I I could have just not been there. No, at all. that's not true. <laughs> held held your hand most of the show. Looked over at you a lot. Don't give me that. Um, <laughs> I'll give you a couple of Doctor Stats things about it that really blew me away. Thirty nine songs. And these aren't medley. Okay, with the exception of like the Abbey Road stuff he played in the encore. So technically, he played thirty nine songs. It was like thirty two full songs, but that's a lot. Threw in some real. He could have played another hour and a half. People would not have complained. Yeah, we would <laughs> like have sat still- there all yeah. night. Show starts at two p.m. <laughs> goes until midnight. Fine. <laughs> you didn't get all. You didn't get to all the Beatles songs. Like even when you think about making a set list. If you're in that band, like if you're just his well, band, first of all, you're going to mark off every Ringo song, which makes me mad. Yeah. They should have played Octopus's Garden. Oh, <laughs> here we go. No, that's it. End of end of <laughs> sentence. I'm not going to argue with anybody about this because all of you are wrong and I'm right. Amazing song. Ringo's the best. Sure. Fuck everybody else. I love Ringo. Don't get me wrong. But I, I, I could have done without <laughs> Octopus's Garden that night. No, it would have been so much fun. It would have been worth it just to see your reaction yeah. at that point. So, But I was just thinking about this the other day when I was spinning, you know, like your, your Sgt. Pepper's and Magical Mystery Tours over again. But, like, think about, like, an album like Revolver or Sgt. Pepper, one of those. How many songs? Now it gets down to, like, what do we leave off? Like, and that's just one album. This guy's got, you know, dozens of albums to pick out of. And he, it almost seemed like he was going out of his way to make sure I'm going to play at least something off of each album. That's what you have to do at this point. So he was even playing, like, early 80s New Wave McCartney. He did Temporary Secretary and early in the show, too, because <laughs> I guess you want to put it, like, in the first six songs. Yeah, you want to put it in the first quarter at least because that's an experimental pick yeah so you nobody's don't want people... going to the bathroom in the first 10 songs and they're not going to leave either that's the thing it's like if you get down to 25 songs and you play temporary someone might bail yeah and I, someone I'm... not might not come back from the yeah. bear line but this one I, I thought it was neat to put it and it came after just this like beatles block and a jet and you know it's just like huge riding high and then temporary secretary i was like ah, 
This guy. I enjoyed it. I did. And it's it's a it's a ballsy move, and I loved it. We're not going to play temporary secretary. We should. I'm going to play probably uh, you know in my top five McCartney solo easy top three probably my favorite, and the cool thing is I have this on like the Good Evening New York City album or whatever, and he played this the exact same way that night because they add on a bonus cover at the end, so. To represent our amazing time at the Paul McCartney show with his amazing band, by the way, uh, we're going to play Let Me Roll It.
All right, there you go. Paul McCartney, Let Me Roll It. There's a live version from the album Good Evening, New York City. And it's got that little tack on at the end of Foxy Lady, which I was not expecting. Because I actually didn't have that uh, live album at the time, but it was a few years old at that point. Good good release. That's pretty indicative of what we saw, but set list was different enough. I'll say one last thing about the set list. He did this really cool thing in, uh, towards the middle. Towards the meow. No, the middle! Middle! I think it was like around the middle, maybe two-thirds in the show. And they decide to go into a really stripped-down acoustic thing. They had this really neat backdrop, and it really looked like a real backdrop. Like you're, there's a cabin in the woods, and it's nighttime, and the stars are out, and they, they went into a whole acoustic set. And it was really cool. And sometimes when bands do that, it kills the show. In this instance, it was like just took it to a different level it added star value to it i almost can't even tell you anything else he played during that set but they played a song called in spite of all the danger which is actually the very first original that mccartney wrote with john lennon when they first be- they weren't even the beatles at that point i don't think and they did it like on a little they, they literally sang into a can it's it's on the beatles anthology one but getting to hear a a realized full band version of that song. I, I would lo- hopefully he'll put out a live album. I hope he records every show. That's the show he needs to put out. It needs to be like this crazy random town that's like a sea level town for concerts to go to. And this happened. I don't know. He, maybe he did it on the whole tour, but just everything was so good that night. I wish hopefully we'll get a Blu ray CD version so I can get a fleshed out in spite of all the danger. That's all. Those nerdy stats for you for the Paul McCartney show. I sense Nola fading. Uh, class? Class? Uh, wake up! I gotta go to the can, man. Alright, so Nola really didn't fall asleep, which I, I can't believe she doesn't uh, do that more with me talking and rambling on and on. Especially in our everyday lives, much less uh, on a podcast here, but... Nola stepped out of the room for a little bit. She'll be back here later on in the show. Uh, she's got a few things to do, but it, it makes sense because a few of these shows I'm going to talk about are so, uh, shows that I went to by myself or with different people. Actually, this next show I'm going to talk about for a little bit here is a show I attended almost exactly a year ago with my fellow cnjradio.com partner and brother in crime, Chris. We went out to the Bomb Factory in Dallas and initially it was to see a headline show by Dallas Stalwart's Reverend Horton Heat. And then uh, I forget the second band on the bill, but the third band on the bill was Fishbone. And uh, there's actually a similar parallel to this Bomb Factory show and the Slayer one I'm going to talk about. I think that's in part two. But it's one of those things where I didn't even know the name and I can't remember the name of that second band on the bill. And uh, But they're like super new and... I would know if they were making any kind of like huge, you know, bump in like popularity or whatever, but I just thought it was completely dumb that a band that a band that I can't remember their name was playing after Fishbone was. I mean, that's just ridiculous. There was a fourth band there too, but we were late getting there. But uh basically here's here's how it went down. So we're coming off of uh it's like a month removed from all that bullshit down in Charlottesville last summer. Which, uh, you know, obviously after that incident and all the backlash surrounding it, uh, obviously racism uh, did not go away forever. (laughs) Which, uh, sadly, I don't know if it ever will. But 
it was definitely fresh in the air still and you go see a band like fishbone who is always fired up and is always putting down an amazing show and they were just on fucking fire, man. Uh, you know, big backdrop uh, against the thing that said, fuck racism. They were selling fuck racism t-shirts. I mean, they were definitely doubling down on everything that was going on. And I love them for it. Uh, that being said, man, if you've never seen this band live, this is a band you definitely got to put at the top of your must-see list. Uh, you know, they are, uh, you know, as far as just actual age goes, they're extremely long in the tooth. But... Man, you will not find a more high-energy, crazy-ass show than Fishbone. I, there's very few out there that you can compare it to. And the cool thing was we got there, and it was just as the first band had finished up. So everybody's like going to get drinks and going to the bathroom. Right up front, right in the front row, which I, I never do anymore. But it was like, fuck it, it's Fishbone. We're going, you know. So it, like, even if even if Angelo's going to stage dive, we're we're going. So we wound up like pretty much on the immediate stage left front row over right there, right in front of JB, John Bigham and uh, super cool, man. Just, just a crazy show. I don't even know. I, I, I would just say the same thing over and over again, but just go see this band. Uh, Angelo is in my top 10 frontmen of all time. I mean, he goes for it and he leaves everything out on that stage. They blew me away so hard and so bad in that hour that they got, it was one of those moments, and you probably had a few of these here and there if you go to shows with your buddies, and nothing wrong with the headliner, but, you know, we're, we're from Dallas, and, and it's the Rev, and we love them. We've seen them so many times. After that performance, we just kind of did that thing where we both looked at each other and was like, you good? And it was like, oh, yeah. So that was it, out, out of there. And, yeah, just, I, I would never want to follow that band. I mean, I can't imagine that the next band did. And uh, Reverend probably was like, geez, I'm glad there was a band between us. <laughs> or else they wouldn't have stood a chance. And I love those guys. So, yeah, just go see Fishbone. They're amazing. Uh, not much else to say other than the fact that uh, JB could obviously tell I was having the best time because as soon as he unplugged his guitar made a point and handed that set list to me it's like this is yours man like that was just a great moment i've I rarely have i had that thing where it's usually like i'm begging for the set list but this guy's like no this one's yours because uh i was singing along to every song and i was practically pogoing the whole show so yeah it was uh, it was it was a sight to see all over the place so yeah let's uh let's get to the music shall we this is uh, a song that i haven't played on the show yet surprisingly and i definitely need to be playing more fishbone on rock strikes 10 uh, but here's a great one right here this is sunless saturday
Closing track on their triumph of an album from 1991, Reality of My Surroundings, and the first song they threw down that night at that show at the Bond Factory. That was the great Fishbone. Go see him. Goodness. All right. So this next show is the aforementioned, probably my favorite show of the year, especially, you know, from an arena standpoint. That Fishbone show was contending for sure. But I guess in the overall top to bottom kind of a night, it's really hard to beat the double bill of Ghost with Iron Maiden headlining over them. Over at the Big Basketball slash Hockey Arena at the American Airlines in Dallas. And uh, this is something that they probably would like to forget, but Maiden infamously played a show at the Dallas Starplex that we mention a lot on these episodes uh, during the Fear of the Dark Tour, 1991, 1992, something like that. And... They sold so few tickets that it made like industry talk, like in articles about concert business going down for a lot of bands. I think uh, in a shed that could fill 20,000 people, they had sold somewhere between one to 2,000 tickets for that show. So just to see them, I mean, over these decades, coming back from that, 
You know, they're at the, the height of their game in the mid to late 80s playing the big basketball and hockey arenas of the day. And to see them really finally make that return. The last few times I saw them, they actually played at the same shed that I mentioned, the Starplex. And the crowds were, of course, way bigger. But it was just something nice to see that they had hit the arena again in this town, sold it out. This had to be a sellout. If not, it was a near sellout. I mean, there were so many freaking people there. And uh, went out to it with Logan. We took the train out and get out there and got on the floor and got positioned. And Ghost was just about to start coming out. So just great timing all around. I was a little worried because there were lines outside. But thankfully, we all got in. And, uh, you know, I've seen Ghost a handful of times at this point. Always in theaters. And it's really cool if you can go see him headline a theater for sure. But seeing them play in a big arena was really cool as well. They definitely acted and sounded like they belonged there. So very solid set list i think that was probably an entire new lineup since i last saw them but musically they definitely held it down so no complaints about this current lineup maiden of course one of the most consistent metal bands of all time on the entire planet they just never let you down you go see a maiden show and you're gonna get insanely good music and an insanely great stage show on top of it neither disappointed on either end so always just amazing it's one of those things and they're coming off such a strong album in book of souls and they played a nice handful of songs off of it and nobody really seemed to complain and that's the really cool thing about a band like maiden you know they take a lot of chances for a band in their position they could easily just go out there and play the hits every tour but they don't there's always tons of songs missing off of the quote hits playlist they always play a nice hefty amount, but they change it up so much, and so many bands could learn a thing or 12 from Iron Maiden. That all being said, let's get to a nice block here. Of course, we're going to start off with Ghost from their latest live album, Ceremony and Devotion. One of the best live albums in years. You gotta get this. This is their Kiss Alive, proof positive that they are arena-ready and one of the next big bands that'll take somebody's crown at some point here. We'll start off with the opening track off of said live album, Square Hammer, and then we're going to go into what was Maiden's closer that night, one of my all-time favorite Maiden songs from the live book of souls, Wasted Years.
Oh hey, welcome back, sweetie. Oh hey, what's going on? Well, um, I you know I talked about the fishbone show that that I went to by myself. Well, I actually didn't go by myself. I went with Chris. Yes. But I talked about that already. I talked cool. about, uh, and I hate to say it this way, but probably my favorite show last year was the Maiden Ghost Show, and you weren't at that. You would have had kind of a miserable time because I was on the floor standing room. Yeah. So I talked about that too. So uh, you're you're back just in time to yes. talk about a show I, that we did attend together. Yeah, I was like, I but I like Ghost. Like that's yeah. that's fine. Um, yeah. Maiden's fine. Like sure. that's fine. I I hate standing on the floor. Yeah. I'm very short. Yeah. Everybody else is really tall. Yeah. But what did we go see? Uh, the next thing on the list, as far as uh, chronological goes, uh, an, an act that we talked about actually the last time we did these shows together, we have now seen this act uh, about three times in the last two years. We That's saw him once in Houston on a big mega bill, saw him at, a, at Windstar Casino, and the very first show that we can now say we saw at the brand new pavilion that's like 20 minutes from our house, which is fucking awesome. That's 20 minutes, like, probably with traffic. Yeah, with traffic. And uh, they built this, like, mini shed, which is, uh, I'm sure some towns have these now, but we have a big shed out in Dallas called the Starplex. It is not called the other thing that corporations want to it's call it. It's whatever, it's whatever <laughs> corporation has bought it for the next 18 months, but it will always be the Starplex. Yes. So we have a mini Starplex uh, over in Irving now called the Toyota Music Pavilion. And I'm okay to say that because I drive well, a Toyota. So, <laughs> this new pavilion that we have, it's like... This hybrid indoor-outdoor depending on the show. Yeah, and weather. Well... Not weather, not but weather, depending but on the show. Depending on the show. So they have these, like, garage doors that they close or open. Or, like, factory yeah. doors. Like yeah, the so if it's, if it's an intimate show, they close off the lawn. There is no lawn. It's just the yeah. indoor seating. Yeah. Super cool. If it's a big whatever show, they open up the doors and then yeah. there's a big lawn field Slight. that has a nice degree of lean yeah. for visuals reference, which yeah. I appreciate. It reminds me more of the Houston Pavilion that I do like versus Starflex. Starflex is very flat. <laughs> yeah. So it's in Irving, Las Colinas proper, I suppose. But um, they're booking a lot of interesting shows out there. And so like the first rock show we see out there. Once again, Sammy Hagar in the circle. Mike Anthony, Vic Johnson, Jason Bonham. Super okay. solid. Bonham. <laughs> Bonham, Bonham. Super solid, tight, you know, group of surgeons. A super group, if you will. And uh, Vic Johnson counts. He was in the Bus Boys, and I love the Bus Boys. Sure. So, um, but yeah, Sammy's always fun. What, always sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Always throws a party. Yes, he throws a party. He is not the party. David Lee Roth is the party. We always uh, like to reference that quote. That's not even in my top ten Roth quotes, but it's a great quote. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's get a... scarily accurate. <laughs> yeah. So, Sammy's there throwing a party once again. Mm-hmm. Um, always uh, fun to see Mike Anthony, of course. They, it was basically the same set list that we saw at the casino. Very little deviation from that. I am always disappointed when I don't get Best of Both Worlds. To me, that is the best Van Hagar song, especially in a live setting. But, okay, fine. But still had a good time. Uh, you know, we get the handful of Zeppelin songs that always uh, makes Nola cash out. Yeah, uh, that's that's my bathroom break. <laughs> I always say, you're going to go to the bathroom, go during the, when the levee breaks. Because I'm going to be geeking out yeah. for like ten minutes. I come back with a drink <laughs> refill that are free because the pavilion is yeah. fantastic. They give free oh, refills on the sodas. On the sodas. And... I love that option. And it's, it, it also is a good promotion for designated driving, too, in my yeah. opinion. You know, it's without saying it, it is. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I come back with my refill and my nachos, and I skip all the Zeppelin stuff that I am <laughs> completely disinterested in, and back to having a good time at this party that Hagar is throwing. Yes. Um, I mean, it's not all party jams. Uh, for example, the song we're about to play, this is uh, this is Nola's pick, and I'm not saying that to dismiss it at all. I actually, it's one of those songs that I don't know if I'd ever put on a set list in advance, but whenever he plays it, and that's fine, whenever he <laughs> plays it, I'm like, okay. Like, it's just one of those songs where I never pursue it, but it's actually done well live. And you, I, you leave it on the radio, <laughs> right. but you never search for it. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I was like, I, I have a song like that. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we are going to go ahead and play that song right now, and then we'll come back uh, with something with kind of a tie-in to the song as well that Nola asked to do in advance. So I'm down with all of that. So for now, we're going to play right now. And this is actually Sammy Hagar and The Circle performing right now.
there was right now. I remember there was like a fan that had a. Uh, it wasn't like an anti. Eddie Van Halen sign or something, but like you know how Sammy does. Like he'll wear anything you throw on stage, and he'll sign <laughs> anything you can get up to the front row. He was doing a lot of those things at the time, because that's a long intro. First of all. Uh, second of all, I do remember him saying something negative about Van Halen. Uh, I think prior to that song or during the intro. And I can't remember what it is now. And it was literally a week where I read in an interview that he's like, yeah, I'd totally go back to Van Halen. I feel like they could really use me, you know. But <laughs> I said, he must have heard something between now and then that completely soured that thing. But then, like, he's like a, he's like a jilted ex and kind of remains that in the sense that, like, He's like, I hate you, I love you. And every other day, he's got a different answer for it. And usually when it's in the press, it's, I love those guys. But when he's on stage, and you're kind of, I think when you're kind of feeling that adrenaline and ego, mm-hmm. like, he's like, fuck them, I'm the man. Yeah. And he's saying, Yeah, me, look at me, look what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, so I caught that, and I remember statusing about it, I just don't remember what exactly was said, but I remember there was a big dig there, and everybody went, whoa. Oh. So, yeah. But right now... And right now, right now, I think um, the other reason you wanted to play this was to remind we're going to do. Uh, we don't have any advertising on the show. But we do have something that we just wanted to talk about, especially yeah. for our friends in Texas and a lot of our friends across the country. Yes, might as uh, well do it here. Slight, slight PSA time. It is election season. It is midterm season. Tons of people are in office that are not doing a great job. And there are a ton of people running for office that want to get into office and try to represent us better. Um, Obama just had this really great video on Facebook saying, you know, it's not that our government is failing us. It's that we are slightly failing our government by not voting. And this is something that's gotten... um, This is something that I've become really passionate about in the last couple of years, especially, um, I've always voted in my local and state and nation elections. Um, whereas most people only vote for the big one every four years, every four. Um, but if you're not voting in your local elections, nothing's going to get changed in your town. And if you're not voting in your state elections, nothing's going to get changed in your state. Um, if you vote every four years, it helps a little bit, but if we're not voting, we're not doing our job. Yeah. And we're mainly just doing what, like, any, uh, rock star on MTV in the early 90s was telling you anyway, so we're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna just we're, we're not be gonna a dead to, horse here, yeah. but all they ever used to do, even whether it was during Headbangers Ball, so this is a nice equivalent to being on Rock Strikes 10, is to just say, register to vote. And... Rock the, the vote. Rock the vote. I remember exactly. Rock the vote. Yeah, thank you. And the other reason why, uh, and you know, we're not trying to be too affiliative, but you can probably tell if you've listened to the show, you kind of know where we're coming from. But, but at the same time, we don't want to sway you. We want you to go get your information and your facts and figure out who is representing you and who's running. Yeah, and the reason why the conversation needs to be registered to vote and actually vote is because two years ago, only a quarter of the population turned out to vote. That's almost all you need to know about how sorry most of you are for not voting. That's all I got to say about it. So, so uh, quick PSAs. In Texas, the last day to register to vote 
is going to be October 9th. Early voting begins October 22nd. Election day is November 6th. Sites that I like, that are unbiased, give you tons of information. VoteTexas.gov and GoVoteTexas.org. For my out-of-state friends, you can always check out Vote411.org. It gives a lot of nationwide information. You can get sample ballots. Uh, You can take things into the voting booth with you. You can print off that ballot. You can make your marks on it. Take that into your polling place. Yeah, there's no law against it. Copy that. You can bring your homework with you. You can use notes in your test. Yes, this is an open note (laughs) test. (laughs) There are no wrong answers, but please do your research. Please go vote. If you want to talk to me about actual details of voting things, by all means, send me a message, shoot Joey an email, he will get it to me. Sure. No dick pics. Yeah, no dick pics. (laughs) No boob pics. Uh, Memes are acceptable. Don't show me your junk. (laughs) Yeah, or junk. (laughs) Both both levels of junk. All right. Um, From political to a very apolitical band. Uh, we they, have, they were a little political at our uh, show. That when people are skewing, I gotta say, skewing the conversation a little bit political, but in the sense, Kiss, who's who we're talking about, just to bring it all back here, Kiss has always fashioned themselves as an apolitical band, but uh, and and I think that their idea of not being a political band is saying that there should be no politics and and just giving it up for first responders and the military. I don't think that that's black and white. Um, and I I'm fine with this the uh, I'm the, fine the charitable with what part. They did. Yeah. I I love the work that they do with uh, wounded warriors. Yeah. And they do jobs for veterans. They do jobs yeah. for vets. All this stuff. Yeah. Great things, amazing things. My problem with what <laughs> they did at this show was because the conversation had been skewed so much yeah. from the original intent. Yeah, exactly. And people are using videos of that on their last tour to... To further skew. Yeah, to make other people look like pieces of shit. And that's really not what it's all about in this land of ours. Yeah, uh, that, that's not rock and roll. Yeah, that's it's not. not cool. It's not. Um, but, you know, it's their show. They did it. And, you know, whatever. I, I got a feeling somebody is probably going to be like, you know, maybe maybe, maybe not do that next tour. But that was, we've seen them do that a few times. They did it at the Sonic Boom tour, and they've done it at a few other tours. And, like I said, we have no, we have zero issue with the military. Pretty much zero issue. We love uh, our soldiers. Yeah. We love yeah. our first responders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, it's like, it's like you, I, I think even... If you're, unless you're on the stage, I think even first responders and veterans that are at that show might be a little bit like, can we get another song out of here? Yeah. Like, be, seriously? It'd be real cool if you played Crazy Crazy Nights. Yeah, that, and, and they didn't. And I, didn't. you know, I gotta blame them for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, this was the second rock show we attended at the uh, Irving Pavilion, our, one of our new favorite-ish places. And, you it's know. Favorite shed, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's never a chore to go to a Kiss show. Um, I just, you know, at this point, I I know that they're not really going to deviate too much from I'm not going to get Read My Body. You're never going to get Read My Body. I don't think you're ever going to get Read My Body on the cruise. Uh, let's say there was even actually like a VIP version level of the cruise to where you get like five extra songs like in one room with the band. Okay. I, they're still not going to play Read My Body. Okay, Kevin, who we met at Rockin' Pod 2... <laughs> Out in Nashville, you're going on this Kiss Cruise. Let me know if they played Read My Body. <laughs> there you go. That would be awesome. 
There's a lot of Expo guys going. I'm very jealous. I know I know Julian's going for sure. But yeah, a decent, I saw a decent amount of people's status that they got their passes the other day, and I was so freaking jealous of all of them. Bah. Anyway, but you won't we, hear we've Rewind We've already been on a cruise. Yeah, I know. We went to KK too, but I, I've, I've got a massive itch to go again. Yes. Uh, but you'll never get Read My Body. I'm sorry. And since the, the rule is on this show that you can't deviate out of the set um, list, so, yeah, I know, I we're know still not going to play, play Read My Body. So... Um, we decided, uh, you know, just because of this arrangement, and also in case you're not a big Kiss fan, this is not a Kiss show. It's Kiss friendly. Yeah. But it's not a Kiss, kiss show. Yeah, like we're all, Kiss adjacent. Like like a lot of my <laughs> other friends that do great shows. So, you know, I think they think that oh, everybody's seen Kiss lately, so they know that this is going to happen in the show. But you know, maybe some of you haven't. So I'm not actually going to spoil the bit in the middle of this. So for like massive Kiss nerds, you're going to give a big yawn here but i dig this and it's fun and i always mark out for it i'm 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 easy i guess so we're gonna play a recent live version actually from our honeymoon yes Uh, this this was our honeymoon show yeah kiss rocks vegas so we're gonna do the kiss rocks vegas version of lick Lick it it up up. don't wanna wait till you know me better
There you go, the Kiss Rocks Vegas version of Lick It Up, which has that won't get fold again section in the middle there. They've been pretty much doing that for the last 10 years, but just in case you haven't seen Kiss in the last 10 years, that's one of those things you can expect now at this point. I pretty much take it for granted. But uh, I don't care what anybody says about Kiss nowadays. Just hearing versions off of the Kiss Rocks Vegas record and watching it and everything, I just always have a big smile on my face. It was just one of the great weeks, probably easily the best week of my entire life. I mean, we drove out to Vegas, we saw Dice, we saw Kiss, we got freaking married. It was just everything. It was so freaking cool. So, yes, Kiss Rocks Vegas, always going to be right there. Okay. Pointing to the heart. Yes, that's what I'm doing. All right. Nola has stepped out once again. Also, just just due to jealousy here, because I think she was pretty upset that this next band wasn't playing any place that had seating options. But, uh, you know, she's had some health issues with her foot, and it's just unfortunate. I'm sure she would go if those things weren't an issue. It's uh, sad. But she's always pushing me out the door, like, go. You just go, you know. So... The whole thing about a successful marriage is not compromising to the point where someone else is miserable. I truly feel that, and she's the best for that reason. We're always encouraging each other to do things that make us happy. It's super important. All right, let's get off the soapbox again and talk about this show I went to at the Canton Hall, which is the first time I've seen a show at this new place called the Canton Hall, although I've been in the building before, because back in the day... Back in the 90s, early 2000s, it used to be a place called Deep Ellum Live in the heart of Deep Ellum in Dallas, Texas, which is the big club scene out there. It's just blocks and blocks of clubs and bars and burger joints now and weird thrifty stores now and bars and more clubs and tattoo places and more tattoo places and even more tattoo places. A lot of homeless, a lot of cops. You probably have a place like that in your major town. Okay, so... Deep Elm Live has now become the Canton Hall. It's run by the same people that uh, brought the Bomb Factory back, which Bomb Factory is a great venue. I am okay with this new Canton Hall. It's just weird. It looks very posh, very modern, 21st century, you know, big, clear-looking bar, and just about it. A couple of columns and a stage. That's about it. It has, like, zero personality to it, but, you know, whatever. It's a club. I don't care, really. Just have a good soundboard and book good bands and all show up. And uh, they brought out Fozzie. This is my first time seeing Fozzie as a longtime Chris Jericho fan and Mark. I was super excited to see Fozzie. I've had a couple of chances over the years and it just hasn't happened for me. I really wish I would have gone to see him headline Trees a couple of years ago, but it just wasn't in the cards. And uh, finally getting to see him play. And, you know, another thing about uh, Chris Jericho is, you know, I recognize Chris Jericho as one of my favorite professional wrestlers of all time. Easily in my top ten. And when he started Fozzie, it was just this thing he did for fun. Basically with guys that were in Stuck Mojo. They started doing covers. And it was just a novelty thing. They even took a Spinal Tap route where they had, like, fake names and all that stuff. And they acted like the songs that they were performing were songs that they wrote that the band stole from them. It was a great bit. But as time went on on they were like are we going to take this seriously finally or not or where are we going to take this and they started writing original songs they had original songs on their album since day one but it started with two originals then it became half covers half originals by the third album they were doing all originals uh, new originals yes okay but 
I really do feel that as they've gone on, they've pretty much gotten better with each album as far as, you know, just overall talent, songwriting ability and stuff like that. They still don't take themselves too seriously, but I'm glad they don't take themselves tremendously seriously because otherwise it's, it wouldn't be a fun show. I'm not even in love with all their songs, but the songs that I like by them, I like a lot. So their original output, it's 50-50 with me. Uh, the new album, Judas, is pretty good. It's not as good as the previous one. I think Do You Want to Start a War is the best Fozzie album. So if you're going to pick one, you're going to start with one, get that one. And uh, just because they played this at the show and had so much fun with it, uh, it was a highlight besides hearing Judas, which is a great song, and uh, some other faves. But the fact that they throw this down and it's very convincing, I got to hand it to them because not a lot of bands can pull this off. So here is Fozzie's cover version of SOS.
right, that was SOS by Fozzie. Nola has graciously returned for this last segment of the show uh, in spite of her being a little agitated with me for being in a rock presence of Chris Jericho. It's okay, I got to meet him twice at Good Records. You only got to meet him once. This this is true, yeah, so... Yeah, it was was a very fine show. It was SRO, so you probably would have been SOL. It was nuts to butts. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit, yeah. So noses and armpits. It was a good show. But uh, speaking of good shows, a band that's always a good show and uh, friends of the show. Matter of fact, you might have heard the ID on the top of the show here tonight, as our friends the Dolly Rots. It's always a little bit more fun each time we go see them because it's we usually get like an extra few minutes every single time with them. It's like the more shows you attend, the more they remember you and. We even our, got... our friendship is literally leveling up with yeah. them every time we see them, and that's super cool. Yeah, to the point where it's like, hey, I don't remember who said it, but it was it's kind of turned into, hey, you guys want to hang out for a few minutes? We got to go talk to a couple people, and then we'll be back. Yeah, like stay right here. Yeah, we'll be back for yeah. you. Yeah, we're gonna get some drinks. We're gonna hang out, and it's it's really cool. And you know, yeah, it was it's... Kelly, by the way. Okay, Kelly does it. Yeah. Lewis is always all over the place. Yeah. He's he's fun, but he's a different kind of energy and fun. Yes. Uh, you never quite know what he's going to say, and but he's super fun to talk to. I was just... Uh, I remember this time I talked to him about the engineering on the 7-inch that they put out and how good it was, and he was talking about how he basically produces the tracks and stuff like that. So that yeah. was always cool. Yeah, hearing him talk about... Little Steven oh, was yeah. really cool. Yeah, that was cool, too. This is like two three-link shows in a row where we talked to the Axe about Little Steven. <laughs> it's almost become a trend now. We talked to the Biters at the Expo about Little yeah. Steven. So that's, it's, yeah, he's like almost the mascot of the show, I think, at this point. Yeah. Well, that and the cat. Yeah. So, yeah, Dolly Rots, um, I would say, like, you know, this is a band that I think could easily put out a good 101 welcome to the band because they have so many albums out now mm-hmm. they're they were almost due for some sort of compilation of sorts i think this new wish live release that they have yeah out, the family vacation release yeah i think that serves as a good 101 introduction to the band yeah it's an all-encompassing this is what we're all about kind of thing yeah it's like a super tight 11 song live album that basically picks out uh, what you would hear if you went to go see them tomorrow is pretty close to what their set's going to be. And there's a really cool DVD on top of it. It's a good value. We definitely recommend it. We'd say that even if we weren't. Go go quasi. buy all of their things. Give them all of your money. Get all of their stuff. It's all really good and amazing. And if you like good, fun, pop, punk, garage, power, trio, excellence, you will enjoy them. Yes. Yeah, it was really cool this release that they they had um, that they had Ricky playing drums. I think they probably waited to do a live album until they got like a really competent drummer, which was nice. Every time we've seen them, they've always had a good drummer with them. I think Ricky fits in really well with Kelly and Lewis. Yeah, it's too bad she has like seven other bands and yeah, she's still and not that full time with them. But and she also and she play. also teaches. I know, right? Oh, yeah, she is the busiest woman on the planet. Yeah, and. And yeah, the the guy playing, and she wasn't even at this last show we went to. Like one of their road crew, or road managers played or something. One of their Dallas buddies, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but it was it was still awesome. <laughs> no pun intended. So go see them if they come to your town. So they uh, are currently touring as of the recording of this show. I believe 
still West Coast stuff or East yeah. Coast oh, now. East Coast. Oh, I right. think they're on the East Coast now. So I'm gonna play this song, and it's from Dolly Roth's Family Vacation, live in Los Angeles. This is a song that it's a little different every time. It is, but I, the other reason I wanted to play it is because if you go see them they on will any show, play it. they always play this song. But it's super fun. It's a fan favorite. So here is a live version of Jackie Chan. Closing off part one of our current concert memories here from the last year and change. That was the Dolly Rots, our friends, with Jackie Chan. Always a crowd-pleasing showstopper of a song. Hope the energy came through on that live version. I think those live versions are really cool. So once again, go check out the Dolly Rots Family Vacation live CD DVD set and support what they do directly through their site. All right, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Thanks for tuning into this one. We'll be back with part two, more concert memories with uh, myself and, of course, Nola joining me for most of it as well. I hope you had fun listening to this one. I hope our passion and our excitement come through here. Uh, you know, feel free to send any kind of feedback. Go to cnjradio.com for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10, including the ones not on iTunes. Go leave a review once again on iTunes. Uh, and if you like this particular individual episode, go to the Podchaser website and you can actually review this individual episode or any other individual episode that you really loved. 
that would be awesome as well. And uh, yeah. And while you're at it, you can do that with any of the other shows on cnjradio.com. The Synaptic Empire Radio featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative. The flagship, The Wrestling House Show with myself and Chris. Another fun show with myself and Chris is one called Last Theater on the Left. And we're banking some new episodes for that. And we should have a Halloween special out, if I'm not mistaken. So stick around with your friends on cnjradio.com for all things rock culture. Alright, last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Spacebeard for the awesome outro. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband for more information. Purchase their latest album, Gone, and tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. Alright, we'll see you guys on part two. Till then, have fun. <laughs>